0: You're listening to Youth Talk, part of the Torn by Sports and Blog Talk Radio Networks, providing unbiased opinions on all things youth football
1: and basketball. Welcome to this edition of the Youth Talk podcast. As always, I'm Grant, and joining me today is Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm good. It's uh, you know day before uh, Thanksgiving, and so I'm I'm ready for be uh, off of work and. Looking for another good weekend of football. Yeah, it's exciting not to have. I, at least I personally do not have to work the rest of the week, so it's time for some fun, um, regardless of snow or not. But um, <laughs> yeah. but let's get straight into it. I mean, it's a pretty exciting week. Uh, I think Utah fans have a lot of lot of football they're planning on watching, especially with the latest CFP poll. But uh, before we get into that, we're going to go over a quick hitters. talk about the schedule, the week that was in the Pac-12. Uh, we've got some recruiting news to review. I imagine most of our listeners heard this should be a nice review, though. Uh, we're going to talk to Myrtle Beach Invitational with the, the running youths and then definitely get into a lot of football. We're going to talk college football playoff uh the rankings, we'll talk the talk about the Arizona game and then preview what is to come with Colorado. So without further ado, let's um let's let's review the schedule as it may be now. Uh first up this week is uh Oregon State is uh here in Salt Lake Um, playing in volleyball, and that is uh, today at 4 p.m. up in the Huntsman Center, so if you want to go support the volleyball team, that's there, Um, and then on Friday, we've got men's basketball against UC Davis, Uh, women's basketball on Friday is playing the team down south in Provo, Uh, and then the thirtieth volleyball is taking on Colorado at Colorado. And then of course on Saturday, five thirty PM on ABC, the youth are taking on the Colorado Buffs. So um it, that's about that's what's going on this week. Um next week basketball gets on it and um and we have the men's basketball rivalry game coming up on December fourth. But we'll we'll talk about that um probably next week. Um yep. but uh so what happened in the past well uh let's cover the non-important things that are not upsetting to me at least and then we'll get on to the more annoying things. So first of all USC <laughs> USC one fifty two thirty five over UCLA. Thank you USC for looking better. Uh Cal beat Stanford twenty four twenty uh Washington lost to Colorado Twenty to fourteen. Yeah, that's uh, not. Yeah, that that was nuts, and I I'm not pleased with that one. But we haven't even got to the more upsetting one. Uh, <laughs> Washington State found out found a way to win with a last minute touchdown with, against Oregon State, fifty four fifty three. The Utes, of course, won thirty five to seven, and then our beloved Ducks became not so beloved and lost to Arizona. State state 28 31 and here's what frustrates me about that game i feel like oregon didn't show up to play until about seven and a half minutes left in that game they just didn't yeah yeah i'm i'm uh <laughs> that game was super frustrating and, and herbert had some really weird just what are you thinking? throws and uh, got no pressure. I mean, that offensive line, we saw what Utah did to him. They got no pressure on Jaden Daniels. So he had all day to throw, and he made some really good throws. You know, shout out to him for doing that. But, yeah, Oregon, I don't know what was going on. It's, it's almost like they just thought they had it, or they just knew the, the Arizona state curse or the state of Arizona curse for, for them is, is is true, and they're just not going to get past it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. yeah, super disappointing. Yeah, so – uh, unfortunately, that does weaken the Utes, um, what is going to be, in my opinion, a strong win in the Pac-12 title game that I'm already looking forward to. Um, but nonetheless, uh, that was the Pac-12 that was. But hey, you know, the, here recently, there's been plenty of news on the football recruiting front. Yeah, there has been. Uh, it seems like it's starting to pick up a little bit. I know we were all a little bit worried. Um, you know where's all the recruits been? Where's you know where's the the commitments been? And and they they're starting to roll in a little bit now. As you've seen, we talked about a, uh, at least one or two last week. This week we have seen a uh, three-star defensive end, Tyler. I think it's Wedges. We just I'm not sure how you say it. I, I apologize. Wedges probably sounds better than Wedges. So that's a good call. Um, he had he had offers from Cal, Washington State, Virginia, Oregon State, Boise State. He's six six, due to the dude is a beast. Like if you if you've watched his film, if you've been on Twitter, people have made you made sure that it's been out there for you to watch it. He is, he he. It's sickening what he does. It's kind of like not to this degree, but it's kind of like watching what Zion Williamson was doing to high school kids in a smaller degree on the basketball court. This is what he does to offensive linemen. He just he just bowls right through them. So reminds me a lot of of uh, Max Sapai in uh, high school, the way he just bullies people up front um obviously max is a little bit uh smaller at that point but yeah i'm excited for him three-star athlete kane savage he's another uh prospect that comes in um once again he had offers from a good chunk of the pac-12 schools um and it'll be interesting to see i don't know and i haven't seen where they look to put him um being an athlete i would imagine probably Somewhere on the defensive side of the ball, that's uh, where Whittingham has is, is made you know his money there. So, and then the other big one was uh, the transfer, Peyton Powell, the Baylor quarterback transfer. He was a four-star kid coming out of high school, uh, got to Baylor, I guess was told or promised he'd be playing quarterback, and and uh, that didn't they didn't really give him a real good opportunity. So he is he is transferring here. He had anybody and everybody pretty much in the country was trying to get this kid. And, and uh, you know, Utah's gonna give them a shot at quarterback and uh see how that plays out. So I'm I'm excited for that one. Um, you know, the quarterback stable for the next couple of years should be really, really good as as long as they all stay there. So uh yeah, a big week uh for the recruiting front. Yeah, I mean i am intrigued with the all the quarterback stuff, like who's gonna stay, who's gonna transfer when they lose the job. I mean the battle for starting quarterback next year is going to be legit. And I, you know, assuming Ludwig's back, I think he'll make the, I I trust in Ludwig to make the right call. But what happens after that, as far as players staying or going with the transfer portal and everything these days, I I wouldn't be surprised to uh, see a transfer or two out of that position, but that's just me hypothesizing. Um, But all right. So let's, let's get the ugly part of Utah basketball over with. So they were in the Myrtle beach invitational over the weekend when came away with a one and two record with, um, two losses that, you know, I think all Utah fans would agree. They shouldn't have, um, lost, but like that, you know, I've said before, I feel like this basketball team with how young they are, it's going mm-hmm. to be a roller coaster ride like throw all your expectations out the door. Like look at the Nevada slash Nevada win was, was a good one. And they've, they've showed some really good hope and flashes of how talented this team is, but youth is going to be a stumbling block block throughout a lot of this season. And personally, I'm not, ha- I don't have any expectations for this, for this team uh, because it's Larry Kay, I hope that they finish in the top half of the Pac 12 and, and we'll see what happens after that. But beyond that, I have no expectations. Do you think we've learned anything specifically in the invitational or is it just as it was a super young team who made some young mistakes? Yeah, I think, I think like, you hit it on the head there. They are a young team and I think we got maybe a little, you know, some of us you've kind of had that mindset of, of not having expectations, but I know a lot of people after that first couple of games, they got pretty excited thinking, all right, well, maybe these guys are better than we are. And, uh and uh yeah, they're, they're young. They're going to make some mistakes. Um, and I think what we saw was some, some really weird careless turnovers that they need to fix. They can be fixable Um and shooting seemed to be a, a big issue down there. And, and then I think that's what we're going to see maybe on the road, uh, this team is going to struggle to shoot a little bit more, more uh, from the outside, and and that you know a smaller gym that can play with you a little bit. When you're used to playing in some of these bigger gyms, just ask BYU; they they play in those small gyms all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't like you said. I think it's it's uh, one of those. It was disappointing Coastal Carolina. I think I didn't realize it was their home court that we were playing on number one, so that was kind of dumb. But uh, they shot the ball really, really well. And they almost beat Baylor the next game, who's a top 25 team. Uh, so maybe not as bad of a team as we thought. Um, and Tulane, I mean, that was a roster full of seniors. So, you know, I think that's one of the first teams we've gone up against that has a lot of experience in it. show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, don't get too, too uh, caught up in it. These guys are young. They're still fun to watch. I mean, that lob pass from uh Ryland Jones to Carlson and that two lane game was was really awesome and, and so you're gonna get some of those fun moments and you'll have some moments where you're like, Okay, these guys are freshmen, they'll figure it out. So uh yeah, not too worried about it. Uh disappointing obviously. Seems like these preseason tournaments they seem to just not uh they seem to struggle a little bit. So yeah, interesting stuff for sure. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Enjoy the highlights that come and let's just continue to have fun with the uh, with watching these running youths. But all right, now for what people really want us to talk about, which is football. Uh so the college football rankings are out, the so youths are at six. Uh but there were some other interesting movements, uh, like Baylor's Big Jump. I mean, what did you think of all of this, Jeff? Yeah, I, I, uh, it was interesting. Baylor has, uh, they've won a lot of close games. They didn't look super impressive, um, this past week. Um, but for some reason, the committee had, you know, made them have a, probably the biggest jump they've had, I feel like since the beginning there. And, and so they jumped into the top 10, um, which will be interesting to see as, as they probably are set for a rematch of Oklahoma Baylor and the Big 12 championship that gives, you know, one of those teams, a, a, a higher data point than Utah. I still think the committee, as as we can see, still has that respect level for Utah being the more complete team um, based on how they've been playing. They've been dominating teams. Baylor against similar competition minus you know, probably Oklahoma, who's probably better than what Utah's played um, up to this point. They they just have skated by against teams like TCU and, and whatnot. So uh, well, took OT against TCU. Granted, that yeah. at TCU, but they've had, like, two overtime games. Like, yeah, they are playing in close games against lower competition. Yeah. And so – and then the other part I thought was interesting is seeing where uh, Oregon dropped down um, pretty significant. Um, I would have liked to see where – you know, that's one of the things I was interested to see, how far they drop them off. Uh, I don't have any problem with where they are. Uh, they're still ahead of Auburn, um, and they are, you know, the lowest ranked – well, never mind. They are not the lowest ranked two loss team. That's Notre Dame. But they are they are right there and uh hopefully they can take care of business against Oregon State, maybe jump up a spot or two uh to give that when uh Utah plays them a little bit higher chance of beating a higher ranked team. But yeah, I thought I thought it was as as would you know, what we expected. Um a lot of the national guys are coming around. You know, Ker Street has Herb Street has has been a proponent. If you listen to him this week He's all been about Utah. He thinks they, as long as, uh, LSU wins out, um, that they should be in that fourth spot above an Alabama and, uh, above an Oklahoma. So it's, uh, I'm really excited. It's crazy that we're in this position at the, you know, the last week of the season, regular season week. And we are argu- arguably talking about being in the fourth spot. So yeah, yeah so, it's crazy. I mean, what- What's interesting to me personally is that I feel like for the first time in the Arizona game, like going for it with one second left in the second in the first half trying to score a touchdown, I feel like is the first time that I've seen Whittingham do something that to me just called that, that he's going for some potential style points to show the country that, hey, look, you cannot us. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't punch that in. I mean, everybody in the post game talked about how they left points on the board. But, you know, it's interesting to see that change because I don't in, in the past, like that's a field goal. No, no doubt. But instead, the youth tried to punch it in. And I wonder if the college ball rankings may have influenced that call. That's an interesting point, and uh, and we didn't have said that style points aren't a, aren't a big thing, but you know I think they have to look at it. I don't think Utah would be six right now with their schedule if they hadn't been dominating teams the way they have. So agreed. They 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 have to take that into consideration, and they got to make sure that they're they're putting it on these guys because they really don't have a huge quality win. So um, style points yeah. is what's keeping it in there. So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point for sure. Um, On the other point is, I was thinking this would be helpful. Let's just review who people are cheering for this week. So um, on the things of, as far as the Big 12 goes, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play this week, um, and that's at six. Hopefully we can get an Oklahoma State win. Um, Yep unlikely, but that's what we can hope for. The great thing about rivalry games is crazy things happen in them. Um, Baylor is playing Kansas, so I'm not counting on Baylor losing, unfortunately. I just don't. Kansas has three wins, so let's just not have any hope there. Um, it, probably, aud- it could be a close game, because that's just really? how Baylor plays. I mean, oh, I'm not true, saying. I'm just true. saying. That's how Baylor plays. They, they play really close, so, and Kansas has, has improved. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be that, but you know, may maybe might be one you gotta look on the, uh, look at your phone and check out and just be like, okay, let's see where they're at in the third quarter. Oh, it's always worth checking the score to ho- and hopefully seeing a result we like. But I'm not counting on that one. So no, then let's talk all. let's look at SEC. So SEC, Georgia, Alabama both ranked above Utah right now. Uh Georgia is playing Georgia Tech, so uh, I wouldn't count on that. Happening. Uh, Georgia Tech is abysmal there, and the ACC sucks this year. Um, so there's that. Uh, but Alabama's in the Iron Bowl against the Auburn Tigers, and we should all be Auburn fans. Like, go get your you know put wear that orange shirt as you're watching Auburn Alabama at 1:30 this weekend. But that's a that's a big one. Uh, and yep. then another one that also you know rivalry game potential is South Carolina's playing Clemson and South Carolina has a big win on the season already. So it's not like they shy, they're not going to be shy of playing in this game, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe something's happened. Maybe they can pull off another overtime win like they did against Georgia and knock out Clemson, which would be insane. Yeah. Um, so just other those are the games I'm kind of watching. Is there any that I miss that you feel we should be paying attention to? Um you know, I I think that's those are the big ones. Um I mean, I didn't see let's see here who uh I didn't put this down. I should have had it already who Minnesota plays. Did you already go over that one? Uh Minnesota no, but, and Wisconsin. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yep. So That's a big game. Um, I think uh, a Wisconsin win would be probably what we'd want in that situation. Um, And then, yeah, Penn State. Yeah, I mean, those are the only ones that are going to be of of any kind of worrisome right now, the ones you want to keep an eye out for. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't think there's any other ones that are really going to affect Utah at this point. Yeah, I mean, this is a fun thing. We're talking playoffs. We're talking who we should be cheering for in these games we're going to be watching. I mean, uh, and the two, you know, I, I'm originally from Virginia. Virginia, Virginia Tech is on. I think it's the first ABC game. Uh, the winner of that game will be playing Clemson in the ACC title game. So point, there's yeah. another another game worth watching. Uh, good old Bronco Mendenhall is going to lose to the Hokies. Uh, I can say that as a Virginia Tech fan. Uh, but, uh, so maybe, maybe one of those two teams could give Clemson, uh, another reason. I'm just looking for anyone above us to lose. The only one I don't know that it matters. I don't think it matters or not is, uh, Ohio State, but, um, you know, no. that is what it is. I mean, they're, they're there. They're going to be in the title game. They're going to claim Minnesota. It's a matter of know. what happens in that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's what's going on on the playoffs. So let's, let's just move straight on to the Arizona game. And my main takeaway is darn those second and third stringers who gave up the touchdown late. <laughs> that was disappointing. And and it was disappointing. If you look at like total yardage, I think they got like a good chunk of their total yardage in that versus that second unit. And oh, so, it was like all of it on that one drive. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that that was disappointing and, and obviously you heard, you know, from the from the uh in the interview from players and coaches that they were disappointed with it as well. Um yeah, they should have had that and that's where, you know, that would have been awesome to get a second shutout when this hasn't been really done. In fact full play, Utah could have two or maybe three at this point if second string doesn't give up some late touchdowns or late scores. So yeah, super disappointed. Yeah. Well, otherwise, but, I mean, yeah. what else? What else is the takeaway? I mean, we got we had a couple touchdowns called back for bad calls. Hashtag Pack twelve reps. Yeah, crazy calls. I mean, really, I thought, I thought, if you look at it from the whole that Arizona team offensively coming into this game, on the offensive side was actually a pretty good team. They were one of the better rushing teams, um, and uh, between Tate and Gunner or Gunnell, They were, uh, you know, they were having this split uh, quarterback play, which was very – could be very challenging to to play for. And and Utah just made them – it's similar to Oregon State. Like, Oregon State, you look at them offensively, how what they've done in conference has been really, really good. And Utah made them look like they had no resemblance of an offense whatsoever. And that's what Utah did against this Arizona team. And so that's – it's those moments that it's like this defense is so good and and uh yeah, Utah hasn't been playing the best schedule, but these offensive, you know, some of these offensive teams that Utah's gone up against, their units, have been pretty good. They're decent, you know, at least similar to mid-tier SEC teams, and Utah's just not letting them do anything. Whereas you look at LSU, who lets, you know, Mississippi State or whoever it was, Ole Miss, put up 36 points and 20-something from Arkansas, like, those are horrible teams. And, uh, and so Utah's defense is, is legit. If you don't believe it now, I don't know what will, what it will take you to believe it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was super impressed watching that defense once again. And, and to come out, prepare perhaps to prepare for two different styles of quarterback. That is not easy. That is not easy. And it's not easy for the offense, obviously, because it's hard for their offensive linemen, how they block. But I mean, that they just, they just, once again, they just played lights out. And if uh, was, was it wasn't for that, you know, that second unit, third string um, would have been another shutout. And really they shouldn't have had many yards at all. So more where they were close to uh, when it, when that game ended. So yeah, that's, that's my takeaway. I don't know about you, if you had anything else uh, that, no, that, you, I mean, that you saw. I think it was, it, if there was a critique, it was missed opportunities, like the ball on the one with a second left and, and, and missing that scoring opportunity. And a couple of, I mean, the the youth left points on the board. I would, I would personally, I just, I, as much as William claims he's not going for style points and as much as I think he did try to go for style points in this game a little bit, I am one that is all for style points. You should, if you have the opportunity in the way college football is to this day and age, you have to, especially in the pac 12, where the pac 12 is disrespected in so many ways, right? Like, the Pac-12 is, is is a good league, and they are just not respected at all. And it's on the Pac-12 at this point, right? You have a joke in the refs. Everybody knows about Pac-12 refs. And then you have teams that, I mean, a year or two ago, I'm blinking out on which year it was, but the, the Utes were the only team to win a bowl game in the Pac-12. It hadn't been two years ago. Um, yeah. But, like, you've, you've got to represent better Pac-12. But at this point, the Utes, they need those style points and I'm, if it was going for style points, then I'm fully supportive of it, whether the youth accomplished that or not. And that's kind of all I have. I mean, otherwise that game, I mean, third, fourth quarter, I wouldn't blame any Utah fans who fell asleep. I mean, <laughs> if you missed, if you missed the Arizona touchdown, because you fell asleep because that the game wasn't, was over and there wasn't much to, to be had, Then I don't blame you one bit, man. Late game, but nonetheless, there is a game this week. The classic. I'm just going to read straight from the Colorado media guide, which I like here. Um, What is it? The the some have dubbed the Colorado Utah game the Rumble in the Rockies. So whoever dubbed it that, there's your play. But, um, yeah, so this Colorado game, not a huge, uh, mover. I mean, the cool thing is it is on ABC. So ABC's football schedule, if I'm right, is Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Tech, then the Minnesota, Wisconsin game, then, um, Colorado, Utah, I think I might yeah. be wrong, but I think you're right. Um, but nonetheless, the Utah on ABC, that is a national TV time, spot where you know, style points can come in play right now. SPI has the Utes at a 95.1 percent chance to win, and according the the line, the Vegas line right now has the Utes favored by 28 and a half, which is I don't know the last time I've seen a line that big. Uh, that there's been a couple of big raises, sure, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've been getting like those 21, 23 point, but 28 and a half. Woo. This game. And so I I don't know. The one thing I I will say, and I'll just uh, quote Kyle Whittingham on this on this take. Uh, This is from his press conference. I want to give a little shout out to our fans who please arrive early on Saturday and make sure those stands are full for when those seniors are announced prior to kickoff. I think it is important to get people in the stands and honor the seniors the right way. It would be a big plus for us and a positive. For them. So let me just say, I I do not have tickets at this point. But if you do have tickets, please get to the game early. We're just asking for 15 minutes before kick to cheer on the seniors. I mean, I don't think that's too much to ask. Leave the toguilory. I retweeted, re-tweeted uh, somebody who said, breaking news, ABC's moved to the kick from 5.30 to 5.00. Obviously, that's not true. But, hey, if it gets some people to be there even earlier, then by means, let's do it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of that's, – that's everything leading into the game. So, let's talk about the game itself. And let me just say this with that. There's no I, – I don't know why we do this in Utah, why we are late. Come on, guys, just get there. I, I'm in my seat at least 45 minutes to each game and have been each game because that's just what it is. Get your seat. It's not hard. Get there early. Quit dinking around. I don't I don't really like to tell people how to how to fan, but in this situation, with this group of seniors, with this historic Utah team, do yourself a favor. Get there early. I mentioned in the someone mentioned ways that we could we could get people there early. And I said, let's close down the tailgate lot. Let's let's have someone go around at five or four thirty And 445, and say, You got to start cleaning up, making your way, and just put a hard stop. You got to get out, something like that. Just get there early, guys. It's not hard. And, uh, and and enjoy these guys. The weather should be okay. They keep showing that, uh, the the snow should stay away. It's just going to be cold, but, uh, we can handle that. So, yeah. Let's get to the game, though. Uh, this this Colorado team um coming in after a win against Washington which is crazy uh, with how bad Colorado's been playing lately um they they with that win puts a little extra component into this game with with Colorado being at five wins they need a win to get bowl eligible so um, yeah. both teams are going to be super you know super motivated and uh they're going to come in wanting to spoil Utah's party Utah is going to probably have that emotional factor that they got to be able to reel it back in after senior day or senior night presentations and wheel that in. I think this team will. We've seen this team just has a total different dynamic with them, but they got to be in another team that's really good on the run. They'll use Leviska Chenault um, as he's primarily a wide receiver, but they'll put him in the backfield and let him do some work because he is so shifty with the ball, Um and and Montez, for a senior quarterback, has been playing a lot better the last couple of games. But he uh, he's shown the ability or the uh, vulnerability of when he gets pressured, making a lot of mistakes. So I look for Utah's defense front to continue to put pressure, Morgan Scally to dial up those those exotic blitz pass- packages, and uh, and make it uncomfortable for him. And you're going to see Jalen Johnson shadow Lavisca Chenault as he has every other big-time receiver in this conference. So uh, Utah should win favorably uh, because they are horrendous on defense. They're even worse than, I want to say, I'm pretty sure they're worse than Arizona at defense. So Utah should have their way. uh, But once again, another team that offensively has done some things. Let's see how this Utah team is able to shut them out like they have any other team in this conference. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know what their rankings are S&P plus in comparison to Arizona, but I've got the rankings for the Pac-12 in front of me, and on defense, rushing defense, they're 8. Passing defense, they're 11. So it's their defense is not great, but I seem to recall um, Arizona's being like 11 and 12 in those categories, so it's a, they're just as far down there. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit better, but nothing to worry about. Offensively, they're a worse offensive team. Look, their passing efficiency is 11th in the pack 12 and then their rushing offense is fourth, right? So like you said, they're going to be trying to establish that run. But if I'm a Utah fan and I'm going against the team that wants to establish the run, like bring it on. Like I'm not worried about this front seven, the front seven of Utah against whatever rushing defense offense someone wants to throw at the youths. I'm, I'm down with like bring it on. I mean, that's why I think the youths can hang with anyone else that could be in the playoff against the youths because the youth's defense is just so legit at stopping all this. I mean, that's just total defense. If these are uh let's just go with the FBS rate. Look okay, you Utah's defense, they're like third in total defense in the country. First in rushing defense. Fourth in passing efficiency defense. Like this defense is amazing So whether it's Colorado wanting to establish a run or anyone else for that matter, I'm not all that worried about whomever wants to try to establish a run game against the youths because it's not going to be there. Even in their offense, right? Another reason this game, I'm not concerned about it. It's a 28-point spread, right? Total offense youths is third in the pac 12. They're first in rushing offense. They're first in passing efficiency. So it's like, this is a great, well-balanced team. I mean, I think I saw somewhere that they're top 10 in both offense and defense and S&P+. So I just don't see Colorado being able to do something. Like you said, uh, Jalen Johnson's going to be shadowing Chenault the whole game, Uh so I don't know how much of a game he's going to have. And then you, like you said, you said, you covered it well, right? Our defense starts to hit Montez, and all of a sudden, they're not going to be able to do much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I have S&P pulled up here just so we can get an idea of how they are compared to, like, Arizona, who we just played. So, offensively, um, they are uh, ranked 48th in S&P. Uh, Arizona's 43rd. So, Arizona was a tad bit better than what uh, than what Colorado is here. And then uh, defensively, Arizona's ranked 115th, and Colorado's ranked 98th. So, the S&P Plus likes Colorado's defense a little bit more uh, than Arizona's. And just so you have an idea, Colorado is more similar to UCLA because they are right next to each other in S&P as far as the total 67th and 68th in the country, respectively, for their total ranking. And, uh, in Colorado is 48th offensively, UCLA is 55th, Colorado is 98th defensively, UCLA is 86th. So there's somewhere sandwiched between UCLA and Arizona defensively and uh, just right behind Arizona as far as offense goes. So, but once again, we're, we're, we're nitpicking here, right? I think, I don't think it matters either way that where this team is, unless we're talking, you know, once we, you know, once, you know, we get take care of business, we get to Oregon. Then I think we start looking at that because Oregon's a much better team. Utah should win. The only thing that should play a factor into this once again is, is the extra motivation from Colorado coming off, a couple wins and uh, fighting for bowl eligibility. And then uh, obviously Utah having that emotional, uh, you know, coming down from that emotional high for senior night. Um, Those are the two things that you throw in there that are kind of things you can't control Um, everything else on paper, Utah should dominate. And uh, I'm not, I'm not super worried about it. This, this team is just something they're built different right now. And they know that in order to get to their goal and what they want to achieve. There's one team in their way right now, and that's Colorado. So, you know, that sucks for Colorado because they, <laughs> they're going to get – they're going to pay for it, and and, uh, and Utah's going to go out there ready to go. So, yeah, if it's years past, teams, maybe I worry about it. This team's just built different. So, I, I'm looking forward to just one last time seeing these guys play rice cycles. It's going to be a, a fun time. I mean, look, it's a 28-point spread. I don't know that there's any reason for us to make picks. We're both going to pick Utah to win, just pick some astronomical score. Um, I mean, we might even just get closer picking how many points Colorado is going to score. And, you know, (laughs) I would would put it somewhere between three to six. I don't think they're going to even get a touchdown. Um, But uh, we'll just see. Look, my eyes are – At Oregon. Let's just look. I just want to play Oregon and see what happens in the CFP. Um, So, until next time, I say go Utes. Go Utes.
0: Thanks for listening to Ute Talk. Brought to you by the Torn by Sports and Blog Talk Radio Networks. Find us on Twitter at Ute Talk Podcast or email at utetalk at gmail.com. 18 plus.